0: Well, we are continuing our series in between seasons of Fire Time Magazine Rapid Reactions, and I'm really excited to show you today's article. This is written by Casey Harvey, who, by the way, is one of my favorite writers for the Firetime Magazine. I would say every article of his that I've read is an absolute home run, and this one aired in our November 2022 issue, and it's called... Cognitive dissonance, the background radiation sapping employee productivity and workplace happiness. That title is a mouthful, and I haven't listened to this article for a while, but I remember it being really, really good at just kind of cutting to the heart of the the issue of employee engagement. You know, truly, I, I think that for companies today, obviously, it is very hard to retain team members. There's no question. And while there is plenty to be said for the mindset and the maturity level of many young people that are in the workforce or coming into the workforce, at the same time, we have to ask ourselves the question, what are we going to do about it? We can complain all we want, but these are the people that we have to employ. And and I think that this is just something in our industry in, in general, very often Companies complain about their customers and they say, oh, they're so annoying or they're so stupid or they do this. And, you know, and I I understand things can be frustrating. I get frustrated at at stuff, too. But me and Matt Bradley talk a lot about this, that at the end of the day, we pick our customers. So who are you going to blame? Right. If we pick our customers and this is the industry we've chosen to be in. It doesn't mean this stuff isn't annoying. It doesn't mean that there's no accountability on the other side. But who's to blame if you're the one who has picked your customers? And I think that that same logic actually does cross over to the team members that work for us. Doesn't make it easy. It doesn't mean that everything is right in the way that you know some people are, are dispositioned to act. But we're the ones who are deciding that we're going to have employees. And so for that reason, we should be very aware about the things that we can do in our control to have an engaging and a fun place to work. So with that said, I'm going to jump out of the way. Let's listen to this article together and then I will give you my rapid.
1: Cognitive Dissonance, the background radiation sapping employee productivity and workplace happiness by Casey Harvey. According to an article from Psychology Today, cognitive dissonance is, quote, the state of discomfort felt when two or more modes of thought contradict each other. In nineteen fifty-seven, psychologist Leon Festinger popularized this concept in his book, A Theory of Cognitive Dissonance. Festinger studied a cult that believed a flood would destroy the earth, and he explored what happened to its members when faced with the reality that the predicted flood did not occur. Festinger observed that less committed members were more inclined to recognize that they had been duped. In contrast, more committed members were more likely to reinterpret the evidence to fit the belief that they were right, but that the flood didn't happen because of the lack of faith of the other cult members. The same article from Psychology Today also explains that The theory of cognitive dissonance proposes that people are averse to inconsistency within their own minds. The Psychology Today authors further note that cognitive dissonance offers one explanation for why people sometimes make an effort to adjust their thinking when their own thoughts, words, or behaviors seem to clash with each other. Though a person may not always resolve cognitive dissonance, the article concludes, the response to it may range from ignoring the source of it to changing one's beliefs or behaviors to eliminate the conflict. Cognitive dissonance theory posits that when your beliefs conflict with one another, you will try to resolve the conflict in three main ways. 1. Changing one of the dissonant cognitions, e.g. attitude change. 2. Adding consonant cognitions so that the overall inconsistency decreases, e.g. seeking information that explains one's inconsistent behavior. Or 3. Decreasing the importance of the cognitions in the dissonant situation, or trivializing the importance of the attitude where am I going with all of this? Well, it seems that our human brains, the most powerful thinking machines to yet walk our planet, don't do well in processing and synthesizing seemingly conflicting data. In our businesses and personal lives, we've probably all experienced instances of the above in ourselves and in others, hopefully without the doomsday cults. In the workplace, cognitive dissonance results in high levels of stress that varies individual to individual based on personal belief systems. It's particularly common in support, management, and human resource functions where people are sometimes exposed to or forced to tolerate and execute tasks that deeply conflict with their sense of morality, training, ethics, or values. When faced with conflicting beliefs and practices and the pressures to tolerate them, those professionals often experience deep personal dissatisfaction, distress, and a state of permanent tension, which can result in a range of personal health effects as well as negative impacts to work performance. To make my main point a little more concrete, let me offer a simple illustration using something we all deal with every day. Money. Obviously, we're all in business to make a profit, and I would even argue that we deserve to make a profit. However, more often than not, money triggers cognitive dissonance in the workplace. Let me explain a little deeper. A common point of conflict occurs when employees feel pressure to prioritize profit in scenarios that conflict with their own belief systems, their internal compass for shorthand. This pressure can be wholly internalized on the employee's part, i.e., I'm supposed to be making the right financial decisions for the company, but I know this action doesn't feel right to me. So, how should business leaders minimize these conflicts? Like just about everything else, a good place to start is directly talking about it and clearly communicating what the company values and expects. The next step, of course, is ensuring that the actions of the people in the company actually reflect these values. Yes, we deserve to make a profit. Yes, we want to do the right thing. And these two belief systems do not need to be in conflict. They can both exist at the same time. Understanding the three modes of resolving the dissonance, which are all listed above, will help you and your team develop pathways to success. There's been a great deal of buzz in recent years about positive workplace culture, I posit that minimizing the everyday background cognitive dissonance impacts morale, employee satisfaction, and profitability more than Friday pizza parties and a foosball table in the break room.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that article by Casey Harvey. Man, it was so good. I uh, I remember reading it and listening to it at the time that it came out, but it had been probably a month and a half or so, and there's a lot that I took away. I mean, I I think that conceptually this this idea of cognitive dissonance makes sense that people are averse to inconsistency in their own minds. We don't like it. You know, we, we want to be congruent. We don't we don't like to say one thing and do the other. We we may do that, but but we don't like it. And that and that actually causes stress and anxiety and tension and it can fuel, you know, all kinds of toxicity because we are living incongruently with what we believe to be right or believe to be true. You know, as, as Casey jumped into it and he gave those kind of three different responses from that psychology article of what happens when we experience cognitive dissonance. Well, number one is we could change our attitude. Number two is we could seek information that explains and, and can sen- essentially make things congruent or we can trivialize the importance of that attitude. And at, at least for me, the way that, I read that in, in regards to the workplace is that, is that we actually trivialize our work in our, in our effort. You know, we, we become lazy, we become unengaged. We, we become, you know, complacent to do the absolute bare minimum because there's a disconnect between what we believe to be right and what we are doing. And, and to me, that's the way that, that I took that that third piece. I think we see that all the time for many. I would say for many young folks in our industry, I think that there is a, there's a propaganda that corporations and businesses are bad and evil and look at what has happened in our country because of them. And you can blame the patriarchy and you can blame, I mean, you can blame all these things and these big evil corporations are a part of it and i would be the first to say that there's a ton of truth in that but these blanket black and white statements they they don't you know they don't make any any sense and an example of of that you know propaganda is that pretty recently my wife was scrolling through social media and she saw someone that has done some part-time contracting work for my company put a a meme up on social media, basically about how evil businesses and these corporations and companies just want to steal all the money that they can from their people. And that's why people don't want to go to work for them. And so my wife was kind of offended because this very same day, that very same person had gotten a bonus from, from our company. And so, so she reached out and just said, boy, I, I hope that that's not how you feel about us. We really care about you. And and think that you do incredible work and want to be generous towards you and you know this this person wrote my wife right back and said oh no 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 we 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 love the the work that we've done for for you guys and and no not at all we 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 think that you're a company that is treating people like humans and is generous and we're we're talking about all those other companies and it's like there's this uh mystery person that well no 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 it's not you it's these these other people and so all of that to say there there is a uh uh, propaganda that fuels much of the younger generation, and and what what it means is that we've got to be on top of it. We've got to be on top of it, and as as companies, we have to say, okay, realizing that this is the the current that that many people coming into the workforce are are swimming in. They've got this bias against business and capitalism, and again, not not that that's completely unfounded. But realizing that, what are we going to do to show generosity, to show purpose, and to show vision so that these people can say, well, I might think this about the rest of the companies out there, but not the people I work for. Like, we're the good guys. We are trying to do this right. And I, I think that that's what this article by Casey really highlights. You know, more than the cereal bar or more than Pizza Fridays, having a company that people believe in, that exists to serve. And that is generous to both their customers and the people that work for them makes the people that work there in line with both their morals and what they do. There's no incongruency. And that's really, really important. You know, Casey talked about, yes, we want to make a profit and yes, we want to do the right thing. And and those, those are not incompatible with each other. We want to make a profit and we want to do the right thing. So how do we do this? I have actually been thinking about this a lot lately. So I haven't talked about this much on the podcast, but we formed a Wi-Fi cohort this year. We have a small group of businesses where we are taking the entire year together to pour into each other's businesses and come out you know, better on the other side. And essentially all of my retail consulting for the year is going into this group. And as as this group is starting out, one of the things I've talked about with multiple members is one of the first things we're gonna do is a workshop to establish mission, core values, goals, and objectives. This is so important because when when someone comes into a company and they don't know where it's going, they don't know what the mission is, it's very hard for them to engage and connect because what's the purpose? What's the purpose of their job? You know, when there's no core values, we don't know how to make decisions. And often that leads to bad behavior. I mean, I, I can think of a company I worked for where, one of the one of the people in a very very high level had horrific violations of the core values on a regular basis and when that was brought to the attention of the the head leaders in the company they just turned a blind eye and just said oh well you know it's kind of the way that person is and and what that what that does that that creates this cognitive dissonance that says we are not the way we say we are but but if you can go the opposite way and build out core values that, that give guidance of how we behave and guidance of how we make decisions, this will create buy-in with your people. I mean, I know you know with my company, Wi-Fi, we're a very, very small company, but I'm staring right now at our core values on my wall. And, and we, we look at those regularly, we talk about them regularly, and they have become a filter of how we make decisions and how we behave and, and investing in that for your company will lead to engagement. And and finally, what that leads to is goals and objectives. And if you've been tracking with the podcast, you can go back and listen. We we did a three part series that started with Stan Campbell. Oh, probably nine months ago or so. and And part one is with Stan Campbell and me talking through, Vision, mission, core values, goals, and objectives at a high level, and then the following two episodes after that is the Wi-Fi or team talking internally about our core values, our goals, and our mission, and how that has continued to bring us together and keep us in alignment. So, if your company struggles with this, I would tell you to, especially now that we're in the new year, you know, it's a fresh start. I, I would tell you to take a day, day and a half, and get the key leaders in your company in a room. And don't leave until you've got your mission, your core values, your goals. And again, goals are big picture. Like what, what are two to five things that are really big that you want your company company to accomplish in the next two to five years? And what are your objectives, right? So if you've got those goals for the next two to five years, quarter by quarter by quarter for the next you know three, four years, what needs to happen to hit those goals? If you can do that I think that you will start to find you exist for something bigger than yourself. And when I say yourself, I mean you, the owner. Maybe the reason you exist is because you have a heart for the people that work in your company and you want every person to be able to own a house. Great. That, that's a great mission. Now, your mission, maybe it has to do with the, the people that you sell fireplaces to. I was talking with a company the other day and their mission is we help our customers stay warm and save money. Dude that's a mission that'll preach your team can rally behind that, but without articulating it and revisiting it regularly, your team will develop that cognitive dissonance. The final thing I'll say, and then and we'll sign off here is in sales training. I see this all the time in companies. Often people say, Oh yeah, we care about our team members. We want the best for them. But when it comes to sales training, you know, it's they, they'll tell a little white lie about a feature Or they'll really push for that upsell. Oh yeah, did you get that upsell? Or when they're in the nice neighborhood, they'll charge a little bit more for installation than when they're in the not-so-nice neighborhood. And I'm telling you, your team sees that. And even if they play into it and they enact it when they're bidding jobs on the sales floor, what do they think about your company? If they see you do this to your customers, I guarantee in the back of their mind, they think that you're going to do it to them as well. And how do you think that's going to affect them in regards to engagement, in regards to believing the best about your company, and in regards to being a positive influence to other team members? Like, you know, one leads to the other. We want to treat our customers the same way that we treat our team members that work for us. That cognitive dissonance is real and 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 it will lead to bad habits and toxicity if there's a disconnect between what you say you believe, and what you say you do, and what you actually encourage. Now, as we round out, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can go to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash it's fire time. And the final thing I'll leave you with, I've been teasing this out for a few weeks and trust me, the announcement is coming soon, but we have an incredible event lined up for the HPB Expo this year in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm not going to I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but I'm telling you this is unlike anything we've ever done before. We had a company reach out to us to want to partner up on this thing and my goodness, it's going to be really special. So, to make sure that you get an invite, you need to go to itsfiretime.com/expo. That's itsfiretime.com/expo. I'm going to leave it there, but I guarantee you will not be disappointed. So, with all of that in mind, My hope for you is that you can push into mission, vision, core values this week. You can think about the cognitive dissonance that your team members may be facing due to incongruencies with what they see in your life. And so my hope is that you take some time this week to think about it and to make sure that people know you stand for something bigger than yourself. You're part of the solution and you want to take care of them as they help the company move along. Hope you guys have an amazing week. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time to burn